Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 630 Shed. Another night where the Edmonton Oilers simply are not good enough. The final score tonight, Minnesota Wild 5, Edmonton 2. It was a 2-2 game after the first period. The Wild then got 2 in the second period, added an empty netter, and that was the final damage tonight. The Oilers... Did have a lot of good chances, especially in the second period. They could not put them away. They attempted a lot of shots, 74 in all. 33 were on net, 23 blocked, 18 went wide or over the net. By comparison, the Wild had 55 shot attempts. They finished, the Oilers didn't, and then the Oilers not able to respond and get much of a push in the third period as the Wild uh, clog it up and play some pretty good defense to get out of town with their third consecutive win. The Oilers now winless in three, 0-2 and 1. And they have not led in any of those three games since they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, last week. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We'll get to some of your feedback soon. But first, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things diesel, here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, I believe it's been three games since you guys have had a leave. How tough is it always be coming from behind uh, tough, tough. Plays got them off the money in the first three. Obviously, two and they scored two. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, the power play obviously was a big part of of their success, getting the two right off the bat. Uh, they seemed us a number of times, which we wanted to prevent, but we were unable to do that. So then they score on uh, some secondary chances in and around the paint. So credit to them and uh, obviously an area that we need to fix but it, it played a big factor in the game. Ours had a uh, number of good looks but we couldn't uh, couldn't finish on them. When a team like that has a couple of goal lead on you and they, they start locking it down, what sorts of things do you have to do to maybe try and break through that and do you think you guys did enough of those things? Uh, well we didn't do enough um, or we would have found a way to get a couple goals but uh, I thought we had some looks around the net tonight that uh, that we didn't finish on some offensive guys that held on a little bit too long. But um, as they get the lead and teams clamp down, they set up their trap, it's tough to come through. So you've got to deliver passes on the tape. You've got to be receptive uh, or receiving the passes properly. And then if you have to give up the puck, you've got to be able to go in and get it again and um, give them credit. They did a, a real good job and uh, prevented us from, from having a sustained attack. We did have some, but not enough. Yeah, he's a very strong offense. He sure did, didn't he? He had a good game all over. Good for him. Good for us. Um, I like what I saw. So can we defensive plays in the second period for their goals? Is that how you saw it? Um, well, we talked about the first two. The next two were very weak net play. You know, we have to play with some authority in and around the blue paint. Uh, Cam makes a lot of real good saves for us. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to control every rebound when he doesn't. We have to play with some authority. It can't be a freebie getting to the, the Oilers' blue paint. So we have to do a better job of that. And I thought our back end did a her- terrible job of getting the puck to the net tonight. I think we had five of, uh, five of 26 or 27 shot attempts actually got to the net. And I know Darnell dumped a couple in from center ice, so I don't even count those. Your thoughts on the goal that was waved off? Um, told they had 100% control, so hard to argue with that. Um, do I agree with it? You know what, when, you, when we start winning more games, I'll start disagreeing with more calls. <laughs> well, well said by Todd McClellan. There's been a couple calls that were close last two games go against the Edmonton Oilers. That is not why they were losing. And uh, maybe if this was uh, a playoff series and those were costing them wins in overtime, we'd, we'd be different uh, about it. But uh, there's a lot more to talk about than those calls. I didn't think that he had control of the puck. I, but whatever, it's a I, judgment I, call. I thought it was the right call. Okay, I thought so they, there you they go. both. I thought they both had the puck at the same time. It's supposed to be possession, so, so that's, I mean, that's the rule. But we, we can quibble about that. that. That's why they would have tied the game 3-3. Whatever, from that point on, the Oilers were not good enough. And if anything, the, the Wild, I thought, Rob, 
gradually took more control of the game. Because the Oilers actually started the game fairly well and had a good first period, except for, again, taking too many penalties. But then, just as we've seen other teams do, they stick with their plan and they wear the Oilers down. Which is is sad because the Oilers, over the last couple of games, have played against teams that are playing the second of back-to-back, the teams that are on long road trips, teams you would expect to start to tire as the game goes on, and they've gotten stronger. And I think that's the, the tough part to, to accept as, as the Oilers coaching staff. Is how are these teams who should be tired getting stronger? How does a team that has a defenseman that plays 32 minutes in a game on back-to-back nights continue to make the good plays at the end, and you can't do anything against them? So uh, it, Todd McClellan, I, I think, was right in what he said after the game. I think his comments were dead on. And the Edmonton Oilers just did not play with near enough urgency to win a hockey game against a desperate team in the Minnesota Wild. 5-2 the Wild win it, Rob, before you you got in. uh, I referenced the shot attempts tonight. Mm -hmm. This is shots on goal, blocked shots, and shots that go wide. The Oilers had the advantage there, 74-55. I mean, the advanced stats people would would like the Oilers' Corsi tonight for sure. Um... but well, of course he doesn't win. But hockey it doesn't games. win the hockey games, and he, and he made a good and then McClellan made a good point. It, a terrible job getting the puck to the net, specifically by the back end. He said, uh, "Yeah, a lot of Oilers shooting on their back foot too. Just not a lot of assertiveness from their back end. A number of times. I mean, the, the most teams nowadays they, they they crash down into the slot. They force you to throw it out to the point and say, all right, if you're going to score on a score from the point, we trust our goaltender to make the save from out there.' And the Oilers were getting it back to their points, but they, again, they weren't getting it through. There was one shift where the Oilers had three shots from the point in a span of seven seconds. Block, 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 and out. I mean, waste of time, and, and it, it really hurts. If you're one of the uh, forwards, you're standing in front of the net, you're taking abuse from the, the opposition's defenseman, you, you, got, you planted yourself, you're ready for that shot to get through, and time and time again, it doesn't get through. And it just kills momentum. You could have, you could have a, a great shift in the offensive zone. You're in there for you know, 20, 25 seconds, yet you come out of it with nothing. Because you get it back to the point and they turn the puck over or they, they don't get it through. And, and that's uh, one of it is experience. It's the younger players learning how to readjust their body position, readjust where the puck is on their stick, pull it, push it, whatever they can to find a shooting lane. And unfortunately for the others, their defensemen did not do a very good job tonight doing that. It was McDavid and Yakupov scoring for Edmonton. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long, and you can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. All right, 780-496-0063 is the open line number, and we'll start it off with Brian tonight. Brian, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, thanks, Reed. Um, so I'll make it quick. Uh, first and foremost, Schultz doesn't deserve his minutes. I'm not going to pile on him. I don't think it's necessary. And going forward, I think we should bring up Kyra, Klinkhammer, Gazdick, every belligerent SOB we have in the system, and just let them have free reign. You know, we're not getting the calls anyways. We're not winning games. The least we can do is get our guys in space and not get pushed around for the rest of the season. Well, I don't, I don't know. That's Hammer, where I'm at. I, I don't consider Klinkhammer a belligerent player by any means, first of all. He's not belligerent, but he lays a body like every opportunity he gets. And really, we don't have a whole lot of truculence. Like, I couldn't think of much more other than Kyra, Klinkhammer, and maybe Musial. Yeah, but, but I mean, now you're bringing up guys, minor league hockey players. So you're, you're going to get beat even worse then. We're yeah, going to I mean, beat anyways. Yeah, like that, at least. So, so you think people are going to pay to come watch a bunch of guys from the minors play here? McDavid will be on the ice still. Well, I mean, no, I, that, 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 there, there's bigger issues with with you. And yes, they are not, they are uh, not hard enough to play against. And Todd McClellan referenced that tonight in the blue paint. Not hard enough to play against in the blue paint. I, what, what they need to do is find players that can play at the National Hockey League level and play that style of hockey. We can't do that for the rest of the season, though. Like, I know it, it, it's not the perfect solution. It's not a solution in any way, shape, and form. But I think, it, at the very least, it prevents us getting pushed around and maybe not being on the receiving end uh, on, of as many injuries to key players. Yeah, but right now, I, dude, I watched the game tonight. There was no physical play by Minnesota either. The last game, no physical play. I mean, the teams aren't coming in pushing the Oilers around. The Oilers just are not 
pushing at all. I mean, there's. It's not like the other. It's not like tonight the the, the Minnesota Wild came in and and just ran all over the Edmonton Oilers. It's not like they're physical, knocking them flying. I, I don't know if Taylor Hall got hit tonight. I don't think uh, Connor McDavid got hit tonight. So I don't think that's the issue right now. Yeah, there are. There have been teams that have come in and physically abused the Oilers, but it's been a long time since we've. At the end of the game, we've talked about they've got to have more pushback because they're just pushing our players around. That's not the problem. The Oilers don't. Or the teams that are coming in haven't needed to do that to beat the Edmonton Oilers as of late. Yeah, I mean, calling up guys who might body check or, or, or fight and trying to play the final 23 games of the season that way, I'm not, I'm not sure what that uh, would accomplish. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Trent from up north says, Yakupov looked great tonight, one of his better games all year. Lots of jump in his stride, good looks at the net, but just simply no hockey sense, almost like he gets the jitters in tight situations. He has the talent but questionable smarts. I, I think that's an absolutely great um, uh, assessment of Neil Yakupov. I think that's spot on. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Neil Yakupov, by the way, the third star tonight. Matt Dumba, the second star. Mikhail Grandlin, the first star for the Minnesota Wild. Rob and I are going to present the fourth star of the game, courtesy of Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. Well, can we give it to Brandon Davidson again? Yeah, of course. Because his game is the most consistent of all the others that we have right now. Uh, each and every night, it it it's it just solid. You, when he gets the puck on the stick, he makes the smart play. He doesn't get beat one on one. To me, he was the best uh, of the bunch tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. He finished the game. He only played. It was probably one of the fewest minutes. Oh, actually, I'm looking at the after the second period. Yeah, he sorry. He led the Oilers again in ice time. Twenty two and a half minutes. Sorry, second. Sacker was first. Twenty two and a half minutes. Uh, he had three block shots couple hits. I thought it was a strong night for Brandon Davidson. Uh, this unnamed texter says, that what at this rate, what are the odds that Hall doesn't bolt as soon as he gets to free agency, and who could blame him? You know what? Whoever sent that, Taylor Hall has four years left on his contract after this year. I, I'd maybe worry more about how they're going to finish this season and the moves they're going to make in the summer, as opposed to what Taylor Hall might or might not decide to do in the summer of 2020. Okay? There's a lot that's going to happen between now and then, and there's a lot of problems that need to be fixed in the next six months. We'll go back to the phone lines, and we have Jim standing by, who's going to finish the play with us tonight. But first, Jim, give us your thought on the game. Well, you know what? Edmonton's got a rough challenge ahead of them, and yes, they got to put their teams together. they got to put their centers, their forwards, their defensemen. they got to put them together. They need to – I know they're going to win the next couple games. If I'm wrong, they're going to win the next four. But you know what? They just need to group together and let them know that there's a lot of people out here. We're young. We're old. We love them team. We've always been an Edmonton team. And I think if everybody gets together and they know that the Edmonton will do it, the next four games they will take it. Yeah, Jim, I got – I. I... Look, I, I hate to be the cynic here, but your love doesn't affect how the 20 guys on the team play. I mean, why do you think they're going to win their next four games? Because I think they'll pull their pants up, and I think they'll put their right groups together, and I think they'll think about what they need to do because they want the young people to know that the Edmonton's out there, the old people, hey, we're still there for you, and we've always filled that stadium. We've always filled that coliseum. We've always protected our team. All right, Jim, we're going to finish the play with you tonight. Just for playing, you have won 50 bucks to Padahut Express. If you are right, you will qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Here we go. Breezy. Checked by Darnell Nurse, and that saved a goal, Bob. Yep. Outstanding play. Lobbed ahead. Neil Yakupov's got a breakaway. Back hitter. All right, what do you say, Jim? Goal or no goal? No goal. Breezy. Checked by Darnell Nurse, and that saved a goal, Bob. Yep. Outstanding play, lobbed ahead. Neil Yakupov's got a breakaway. Backhander denied. Rebound off the side of the net. All right, Jim wins, finished the play, thanks to his positive energy. <laughs> I just I had to go online to see who the next four games were for the Oilers. They got the two out home against the Avalanche and Senators, then they play back-to-back on the road 
in L.A., in Anaheim. I tell you, if they win the next four, then... Uh, Jim better call back. He better because we will applaud him. I mean, the, the, the Oilers will not be uh, favored against anyone they play probably for the rest of the season. Well, they shouldn't. They're, they're second last place, in the yes. league. And again, they're actually, in terms of points percentage, uh, they're actually last, but they remain uh, ahead of Toronto by one point when you look at it that way. All right, we'll go back to the phone lines in a second. The undefeated interim head coach of the Minnesota Wild is John Torchetti, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. You want to go home in a good mood? Are you in a good mood? Yeah, I'm really happy for the boys. Uh, great, uh, great job uh, buying into the defensive side of the puck. Uh, great sticks, and you know that's what you're going to have moving forward. Playing against Chicago, or uh, you know they'll have a lot of odd man rushes, and uh, they've got a lot of great talent uh, here. Looking forward in uh, Edmonton. I'm not looking forward to playing them much. How do you get 15 goals in three games when this team? Had, didn't have more than three really since early January. Well, just work ethic and uh, just being above the puck. I think we've got a few goals from our track and and uh, then attacking the net from above and going. But uh, being a little bit more poised with the puck and uh, you know when you're when you're poised with the puck in the offensive zone play, that equals better puck possession time and uh, and great puck support with talk. And that's just something we just got to keep building in and uh, then then getting battled battle net uh, coverage, meaning our net front guy creating traffic and then get second and third chances moving forward. Early on, it looked like this could have been a track game, which could have been trouble for uh, you guys facing the first game, but second and third period, you really locked it down. What changed? Well, I think that, well, actually, we're okay. I mean, it was uh, seven to one shots. I mean, every team has a storm and, you know, you got to fight through it and we were ready for it. I thought we did a good job. They come out, they weren't happy about their last game and, uh, you know, they showed it and then, uh, you know, we got a goal and uh, we didn't do a good job. I mean, we We've got to recognize, uh, no matter who it is, that their top line's coming back after a power play goal, and then we're trying to make a play, and we can't make those plays there. We've got to be on the defensive side of the play and, and uh, make sure we have a check mentality there. So, you know, and that's my fault, too. i got to make sure that I do a better job and make sure I hold them accountable that way. I think it was on Sunday you said you wanted to power play to be a privilege. I mean, how key have these power play goals been, especially just on the road? Well, it's good, uh, you know, it's good to see Palmy. Palmy's a little more comfortable, you know, and we just want him to get settled down inside that dot to the post. Uh, we don't, you know, and, and then we'll build from there. But uh, I just think overall, too, our flanks and Miko did a great job looking for the seams, dumbs, and, and then Parise with uh, net front traffic and, and then Charlie with bumper support. We did a really good job in the wall suits. Suits did a good job making, uh, you know, good reads. And that, that's the whole key, making a good read. And, and whatever side they give us, we want to make sure we're getting it. And then we attack and try and get numbers inside of it. All right, Scott Johnson working the visitor's dressing room. That is Wild head coach John Torchetti for the third time in his career. He is an NHL interim coach. He has not lost behind the Wild bench. 3-0, 5-2. They beat the Oilers tonight. It was 2-2 after one. The Wild get two in the second and an empty netter to finish off the Oilers. Uh, Oilers winless in their last three, 0-2-1. They're 1-2-1 so far in their six-game homestand. We'll go back to the phone lines. We have Aiden standing by. Aiden, thank you very much for calling. Uh, hi. I just wanted to talk about, like, just that the Oilers are trying to do this dump and chase thing with when they go in, like, when they pass the red line, they just dump it in, but they really don't actually chase it. So it ends up... They dump it in, and the defense for Minnesota, let's say, gets it and then just knocks it back out, and then they're laughing all the way to the winning column. Well, you're right. If you're going to dump it, you better chase it, or it's a waste. There's a lot of teams uh, that you see play nowadays. It's called chip and chase or dump and chase, and they get the puck in, and you have to put it in an area where you can get to it first. And if you put it into an area and then you don't go get it, you're right. It was a waste of, uh, a waste of effort. And I think part of the problem is the Edmonton Oilers, when they do the dump and chase, it's because they've had the puck in their own zone for a long period of time. They get it out to center, they dump it, and they change. So that's too much to see that dump and change just because they've spent too much time in their own zone. Aiden, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. the wild knockoff. The Oilers, we have several guys on hold. Please stay there. Rocket, you're going to be up first after... The timeout, Tom is on hold as well. I know he's a big Neil Yakupov fan, so he probably liked Yak's game tonight. But overall, the Oilers not good enough. From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Terry Peranich Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
Talbot will reverse up the right-hand side. Picked off centering pass. Granlin couldn't get a shot away. Korpikoski, a good stick in the high slot. Now Zucker finds a wide-open man. Rich shot to save made on Granlund by Cam Talbot. Some of his best work of the night. Armor Insurance presenting the save of the game. Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Cam Talbot, just 22 saves tonight. Not a great night for Cam Talbot. Not a great night for the Oilers. They lose 5-2 to the Wild. The final Wild goal, Charlie Coyle into an empty net at 19.56 of uh, the third period. Uh, I mean, it's not a, it's a, it's a team loss. I think the goaltender's... Uh, part of it, some rebounds maybe left lying around uh, by Talbot tonight if I was going to be critical of anything, but just another night where uh, man for man, the Wild were better. Yeah, they were better in goal. They they defensively were quite a bit better, and they have a huge advantage because they have Ryan Suter on their team playing 32 minutes. And up front, uh, their their top two lines were better than the Oilers' top two lines, and their bottom two lines were probably better than the Oilers' bottom two lines. It, it just wasn't... Uh, it comes down to the urgency the intensity and the emotion. You saw more of that in the Minnesota Wild than you did in the Edmonton Oilers. And at the end of the night, I, I, I think that was the difference. And the fact that the Oilers, uh, their their penalty kill was not near good enough and their power play, although it generated chances, didn't get them the goals they needed. The Oilers, it, when I talked to Bob before the game, whenever you play against a team that is coming off back-to-back games, if you fear that they're going to be a little tired as the game goes on, you got to get the lead. Because I tell you from, from experience, your legs feel more tired, your mind feels more tired when you are losing a hockey game. As long as the game is closer, if you have a lead, you still feel refreshed. And the Minnesota Wild got the lead right at the very beginning, and then the rest of the game, I don't think the, the fact that they just played 24 hours ago affected them. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Rocket standing by. Hey, Rocket, thanks for calling. Hey, Rocket, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you yeah, we got you now. Go ahead. Right on. So, a uh, couple of things. One, first of all, I really feel bad for Todd Mullen. Like, at this point in the season where uh, this team is at and and what the expectations, you know, were. At the end of the year, there's going to be a lot of talk about what happened and what the demise of was this team. And, unfortunately, we're talking about where we're going to be in a draft spot instead of uh, pushing for a playoff position, but uh, when you look at the end of the year, do you look at how? Like I was listening to Bob Stoffer today, and and whenever we talk about man games lost, people call in and you know they complain about that. But that, in my opinion, has had a real impact on this entire season. First off, first off, we've never seen the whole team as a group for a good stretch of games to be able to evaluate them. We've seen it in chunks and pieces and, and that's given management, um, you know, an opportunity to see that, but never really the whole picture. And I think it's affected players and it has had more of an impact than, than what a lot of people will talk about in the media. Um, so really at the end of the year, like, what do you look at? Do you blame Shirelli because he didn't make any moves during the year at all to help this team when clearly it needed it? Or do you look at man games lost and that they never, ever had an opportunity to actually fully analyze this team? Or do you put it on the players and say, hey, you guys, you've been this way for five years. It's time to move on. Well, I, I think you, you look, it, it's on the players. It's absolutely on the players. Uh, the, man, the, man games, the man game lost obviously has an effect. It does on any team. Uh, if any team's missing some of their better players, it's going to affect them as the, the season goes on. But all teams go through injuries, and you've got to be able to get through that. Depth has got to help you out. Uh, Peter Shirelli, whether he makes a deal during the season or not, I mean, we, we've said all along we felt the biggest moves would come in the offseason. If you're talking about moving one of your big players, that's big contracts you have to move. There's a lot of teams that can't afford it. And if you're trying to get the best return, you want to make sure that you have the most uh, multiple suitors so that they can bid on whatever you're trying to get rid of. So to me, the biggest thing is the players. This, this hockey club, despite the man games lost, despite... Uh, Everything that has happened, the new GM, the new coach, they should still be better in the standings than they are. They have more talent than what their record shows. So to me, it's on the players. 
5-2, the Wild beat the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Next game for the Oilers will be Saturday against Colorado. Yakupov and McDavid scored for Edmonton. We'll go back to the phone lines here. We have Tom standing by. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Yeah, we're doing well. How are you, man? Yeah, listen, of course I'm, I'm happy for uh, for Yak to be named the third star because he, no doubt, he he was the best oiler as far as I'm concerned uh, on, the, on the ice tonight. And I think I think his play should earn him the right to to move up on with that McDavid line, and and play at least at least a full game that way. What do you think? Well, maybe uh, he was he was better tonight. Obviously, he had more energy. He uh, took advantage of a turnover to get a goal. Yeah. I, I just think there's still a concern with him in in how much they can trust him when he doesn't have the puck or to make a smart play when he does have the puck. I mean, there's still too many occasions where he stick handles into trouble and doesn't make the proper play with it. Now, a lot of guys are in that boat. Um, I mean, I'm open to almost any line combination at, at, at this point. So, I mean, I think Everly and McDavid have earned the opportunity to stay together. I, but I wouldn't be against other guys getting looks there um i mean pouliot again for me tonight was a little up and down yeah if I, yakupov I, was on that line i mean i i wouldn't object at this point he, he might get a chance but you're, you're gonna find he doesn't think the game as well as those two and that's going to be the undoing for him on one of those lines he just yeah, doesn't I think, think I as well think, you know at least they ought to be given that chance to, to give him the confidence that, that he can do it because uh you know, uh, he he reminds me of Anderson and the old and the big Oiler team, how he can cut in from that wing. He's he's not even close to Glenn Anderson. Well, he, not even close. He, but he plays a, that. That's how how he he gets close to the net by just driving for the. Glenn Anderson. The Glenn Anderson scored some incredible goals over his career, and he's a hockey hall of famer. Yeah. And, well, and Neil Yakupov, he can't find regular to, um, job yeah. in the top six. Well, I I. I, for you and I can. Uh, it's okay if you and I disagree, isn't it? It, it absolutely <laughs> it is. Absolutely it is. Yeah. I, and I and I really wish that Neil Yakupov would become the player that everyone hopes that he is, because the Oilers would be a much better hockey club if he became the player everyone expected him to be. I just in the number of years that he's been here, he's been given opportunities. I mean, tonight a great example on the the Justin Schultz goal where he had to pull down Suter on a breakaway. It was just a silly play by. Neil Yakupov he has the puck on his stick. He skates the puck all the way out to the point to Justin Schultz, or sorry, not to Justin, but to the other Oiler defenseman, and then passes him the puck because he had nowhere to go with it and allowed Suter to go in on a breakaway. It just, it's, it's things like that that keep Neil Yakupov from playing top six minutes and playing on a top six line. He just can't think the game as the, like a Jordan Eberle, like a Connor McDavid, like a Leon Dreisaitl, and that's why he's not playing with those guys. Tell you what, Tom, let's hear from Neil Yakupov, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things Diesel. Yeah, I feel good. Uh, again, I had, really, I had a lot of energy tonight, and I was, I was really going, and I think we played really good as a line. Uh, we talked about it before, just simple play, and we have to make a play on the walls like we did today. Uh, uh, we went in the short check, did a pretty good job. You know, it's uh, it's all about uh, the line and another two D's, uh, two guys on the ice. The final us did a really good job uh, before that goal, so happy for it. How big was it for you to have that strong first shift where you had a good four check and created a good chance? And it really seemed like you fed off that shift the entire the entire way through. Uh, you know, you you're gonna feel much better if you have a really good shift and start. You just uh, you feel more confident and uh, you feel you, you can play the game and uh, you'll be really really comfortable in the game. So I think first first couple of shifts is important. It doesn't matter if you're going to finish with a simple play in the wall or uh, you're going to finish check in the forecheck or you're going to keep the puck in the offensive zone or you finish with a shot. You know, all the little details will help you to um, stay alive for 60 minutes or even more uh, and during the game. Just, you know, with the team as a whole, it's been, a, I think, three games since you guys have had a lead. How tough is it to always be playing from behind? Uh, you know, it's it's tough. You know, it's little details we got to fix, you know, just uh, little plays around our net. We just got to be stronger and uh, find the rebounds, you know, uh, go through through the neutral, like through the middle and the back check, you know. It was 
just the little details, I think, in offense is when we played really good. We, we have uh, really good chances. Uh, you just couldn't score, you know. Sometimes you, you're not going to score the whole the six or seven goals, but uh, we tried. Dale, I jumped in a little bit late. When they're up by two goals, they seem to do a good job of making it tough through the neutral zone. Is that just a, a tough way to fight through that? With them? Yeah, them. Just when, the way they protect the lead. Uh, you know, when when team down by two goal, you not really think about it. Uh, you just you just try to put a puck deep where just got to make some plays because all five guys want to go forward and they help our uh, help forwards to, to play an offensive zone. It doesn't matter what system they have in neutral zone. We just we got to go through. You know, uh, uh, you don't you don't have that much time to think about it on the ice. But yeah, it seems like they did a pretty good job, and uh, their goalie uh, been made really. Uh, good, huge saves, and and they got a lead, and he just they took the points from us. That's it. it. Seemed like you were using your shot a lot tonight. Uh, you had even on the power play there. You had that one timer there. That I mean, that comes with confidence, <laughs> I guess. Um, I want to use my shot. You know, uh, it's even. Uh, I've been in some tough situation. You know, when when uh, I didn't really get my shot in the one game. So now I'm trying to create some open space and get open for uh, from my partner just uh, to make a shot, especially in power play. You know, uh, uh, win a face-off, get open, shot, get back, take rebound, get a puck back, shot it. I think that's a, that's a key, especially in power play. And uh, if uh, personality, if take to me, yeah, but. I, I'd like to. Sh- I'd like shoot everything. I think if if I'll shoot more, I'll get uh, more chances for for rebounds or for goals. So, and I'd like to go for it all the time. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Read that, Neil Yakupov. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers dressing room speaking to Neil Yakupov. He gets a goal. McDavid had one for the Oilers, but the Wild win it tonight, five two. Mike, you're up next on the phone lines. We have other callers waiting. You're all gonna get in from the. Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Overtime Open Line. We're back after the 10.30 News. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. It's 10.35, 5-2, wild over Oilers tonight at Rexall Place. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The Wild go Two for three on the power play. Both goals coming in the first period. The Oilers tonight 0 for 2 with the man advantage. They just have some really good chances in the second period. Could not finish. And the Wild get out of here with the win. They've won three in a row. The Oilers are winless in three. Uh, I just want to read this one. He says, uh, you know, Nail Yakupov could get a hat trick and you would find something wrong with his game. Did you hear what the coach said? Why can't you say he had a great game and let's hope he's getting back on track? You guys are the same guys who were saying trade Everly when he was in a slump. Actually, we weren't. No, we actually we never said, said that. I would not never spe- trade Jordan Everly. Not specifically on this show. Uh, he says, I can't believe you sometimes. Uh, it's obviously don't, you don't like Nail and think he can't play hockey. Uh, you know what? This is back to my theme. Think before you text and try to actually listen. Because Rob Brown did specifically praise Nail's game. And then a caller took us into a wider conversation about how he has been playing and why he hasn't been with Connor McDavid. Yeah, I, I said right. I said right after the game. I thought this was one of Nail's best games. He was very, very good. He's got to find consistency. Uh, if you want to play top six minutes, you have to be consistent. And, and Nail hasn't been that. I and, and I said I hope that Nail does play like this more often. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are a much better hockey club when Nail Yakupov plays the way he did tonight. Unfortunately, we we don't see that, and, and it's not Reed and I that are calling out Nail. This is the fifth coach that Nail's had that have struggled with what Nail has done. Or is it the fourth coach? Uh, I, I can't remember. the fourth, fourth coach. coach. They've all struggled with Nail Yakupov because of what he doesn't do when he doesn't have the puck. He he, 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 he seems lost out there at times. I hope Nail continues to play like this. I, uh, having him say him get on track, I'm not sure Nail's been on track as a National Hockey League player as of yet. You'd- I think he's had, consi- he's had uh, moments but he's had no long stretches of consistency as a, a, a strong NHL hockey player. Nothing, com- 
nothing to what he was expected to do as the number one pick overall from his draft year. You know what? Just to make that texture happy, I'll make Neil Yakupov tonight's home ice hero for <laughs> ATB Financial. Know someone who's quiet, hard work, makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at atb.com slash home ice. 780-496-0063. We have Mike standing by. Mike, thanks a lot for calling. Gentlemen, how are you? We're great. Love the show. Uh, I definitely don't agree with what the last caller said. I, I think you mean you guys, it's it's constructive criticism uh, of Yakupov, but the issue I have is um, when is Taylor Hall going to get uh, held accountable? Like I watched uh, the, the last game and, and watched a great package of how they're showing him like slumping his shoulders and skating off the ice. I always see uh, Taylor Hall do that. And, and, me, not not a great hockey player, play hockey, beer league, whatever. If there's a guy on my hockey team that's doing that, I'm the first person on my hockey team to say something. I think that's the issue with the Edmonton Oilers right now. Why is that acceptable? And it's continuing every single game. Yes, he went on a stretch where he's playing good, but I've seen him act like that way more than I've seen him act like a professional or the, or the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers. Well, there's probably a reason why there's no captain of the Edmonton Oilers right now. And that's part of it. I, I, I think that Taylor Hall is very uh, demonstrative with his with his actions. You can tell when Taylor Hall is frustrated, and, and you are right. That is something that if you want to be a leader of a team, you can't show frustration. If someone gives you a bad pass, you can't show frustration because of it. Instead, tap the guy in the pad. Say, you know what? Let's get that next one. Uh, you can't you can't go to the bench slumping your shoulders because if you're the best player, and up until Connor McDavid came here, Taylor Hall was by far the best player. If you're the best player and the other players see that, it drags the bench down. You're absolutely right. I agree. And the the thing that scares me is he reminds me a lot of Phil Kessel. Like great talent, all, all you know, all the all the skills to play hockey. But that attitude thing is is truly uh, my belief that is is what's affecting the team. And nobody seems to be holding him accountable for it. Um, uh, and honestly, I don't know how much uh, accountability is held by the coaching staff. I don't know what they do. If they talk to him between periods, they talk to him during games. If they talk to him during practices about that, but yeah, you're, you're right. You, uh, he, it, it's like when Tiger Woods golfs. Everybody is watching what Tiger Woods is doing. So when Tiger Woods gets frustrated, or if he swears on air, or if he slams his club club down, everybody's watching it because he is the star. If someone else, if Joe Blow does it, no one notices. If Matt Hendricks comes back slumping his shoulders, it's not noticed as much because Matt Hendricks is probably not as important in the big scheme of things as a Taylor Hall should be. So yes, if you 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 must you must when you are frustrated, you must not show it because if you look if you look frustrated, well now the guys on the bench, oh god, Taylor's not going to have a good night tonight. Look at the way he, things aren't going right now it brings you down on the bench. So I, I see your point and I agree with it. All right, thanks for calling Mike 7804960063. Wild knock off the Oilers. 5-2, no Japanese village goal light tonight on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. We activate it whenever the Oilers get five or more in a game. Then you can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. We have Dave on the line. I believe the first of two Daves. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for calling. Uh, good. How are you guys, guys? We're great. What's on your mind? Yeah, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Justin Schultz. Go ahead. Um, I think this isn't this team. This isn't this isn't the team that he should be. You know, I believe that he's a Norris Trophy candidate, but this isn't his team. Okay, we should just trade him because I believe that he's not treated right here. I think he goes to that change room and they just look at him. They don't talk to him. I think he just sits, dresses up, and just goes. Okay, I you know he may be not motivated right now because well. You know, maybe he motivates himself, but the teammates are not helping him to accomplish that, okay? I be- I thought he had a wonderful game today, but, you know, maybe we should trade him to, like, a Buffalo Sabres or something, you know? Because this is, this is, I think he's a really good defenseman, you know? He had a beautiful season a couple years ago, and, um, you know, this isn't, you know, maybe he's a good defenseman, and I just want to say that because I think this isn't, it's not his problem, I think... They're just not giving him the support that he needs. 
Dave, thanks for calling. I, I think Justin Schultz will be traded in the next uh, few weeks. I, I'm not in the Oilers dressing room when it's only players in there, but I, I, I do think uh, other people uh, talk to him. I don't think he's ever going to be a Norris Trophy candidate, no matter how well things go to him. So a lot of people seem to think, Rob, that if the Oilers, if the fans just wished a little harder, and if the Oilers were just to talked a little more to some of the players that are struggling, Everything would be great. It's all. It, let's just give out gold stars to everybody. You know, let's act like it's a big kindergarten class. Let's have. If, if people could come down here right now to the broadcast booth and give Rob and I a big group hug, the team would just win more. Well, if they're going to come down here, could they bring a beer too? Well, we'll take a beer with the hug. You know, or we could go back. That's sarcasm, right? You were doing sarcasm there. I wasn't sure. Do you think I would do that? Maybe they should. When we had initiation, we should put little stickers on all the kids' helmets. Maybe we could do that too. Uh, just, uh, Justin Schultz is not going to win the Norris Trophy. Justin Schultz, I believe, could be better than what we've seen here. Justin needs to move to a different team and get a fresh start. I think it's just it's he's going through the same thing that uh, uh, Sean Horkoff went through here. That there's nothing that he can do is going to be right. Um, and I, I don't think he's ever going to live up to the billing that he, the billing that he had when he first signed here. There was high expectations for him, and I think maybe that bar was uh, just too high for him to ever come close to achieving, and and, and affected his confidence, because his play now is nothing near what it was his first season, and and it's too bad, because there there is something in him as a player, skill-wise, it's just we're not seeing it right now here in Edmonton. Uh, Spike says the more the Oilers play Schultz, the less they're going to get for him at the deadline. Do you agree with this? I, I don't think so at this point because I think if and when they, they trade Schultz, they will get an, another underachieving player from another team. So I don't, I don't know if his perception is going to wildly change no matter how much he... Well, I don't think he's playing any different now than he did four months, months ago, ago, six whatever, months ago. Yeah. So it's the exact same player. So someone's going to see him as a, a project that hopefully they can get out of him what they saw in college and maybe he can get back to that with a different organization and a different coach. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Wild. We have another Dave on the line as well. Dave, thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Just a couple of quick things I want to talk about. Uh, I was at the game tonight, first of all, and it, uh, by the time the third period got around, like nobody was into the game. There was no sense of urgency on the ice. There was no push to come from behind. And even the crowd could see it. They weren't into it at all. And and I thought an important point in the game, I mean, Nail had an incredible game. I thought he looked great going both ways. But uh, when he got tripped up by the goalie, I, everybody just turned around and skated away. If we just saw, you know, a little bit of a scrum, some mix-up maybe, you know, guys pushing and shoving, maybe get some blood pumping and some uh, excitement, you know, get a little bit of intensity into the game. I, I think on that one, though, I, I, I don't think anyone really caught it. And it actually it took me... Because at first I thought he just actually clipped the goalie and fell down. It took two replays to see that it should have been a penalty. I mean, the goalie, that, that was purposeful. Now, I think Yak might have uh, embellished it a bit, but it, it was a penalty. And I think that it just caught everyone by surprise. I don't think anyone saw the goaltender doing that. So I think maybe that's why there was no response at all by the players. Because obviously the referees didn't see it either. Yeah, yeah it should have been a penalty. So it should have been a penalty, but I just think it just caught everyone by surprise. Like, hey, did he just trip over the goalie there? So Yeah, uh, it was that's... moving pretty quick. Yeah, it did. Yeah, no, I was just I just thought that it could have been a good turning point for the game. I mean, you get some blood pumping and the guys jazzed up, you know, something could happen, but instead it just got slower and slower and and worse and worse, so. Yeah. Dave, yeah. thanks a lot for calling 7804960063. But but he he was right. The 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 atmosphere in the arena just wasn't there in this third period, and I think it was what well, they were seeing on the ice. That's what happens when yeah, I mean, I, I, I am not one of those guys who will ever blame the fans for being oh, quiet no. when your team is losing. You're right. I mean, I mean, it's up, it's up to the to the team to get the fans to to cheer, not 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 up to the fans to get the team to to play better. Though, who knows? Maybe if they maybe all the wave would have made a difference. Maybe if they all were more positive and wished harder, maybe maybe that. See, uh, I, maybe I'm that sensing would be sarcasm again. I'm sensing. I wouldn't. I would never be sarcastic. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Daryl is up next on the phone lines. We're going to get a little more post game reaction as well. Wild beat the Oilers five two. Terry Peranich overtime open line from the Cabela's broadcast center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 5-2 Wild 
over the Oilers at Rexall Place. Back to the phone lines in a second, but first into the visitors' dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's the guy who tripped Neil Yakupov and won the game, Darcy Kemper. Yeah, yeah, what a different feeling. Uh, uh, it's good. Uh, you know, we're, we're playing good hockey right now. We're getting rewarded for it. and It's nice to see the, the smiles on everyone's faces again and having some fun coming to the rink. And, uh, you know, it makes it, it makes it a lot easier. I think uh, the biggest thing is just the, the way we're working for each other right now and, and cheering each other on. Uh, you know, it, it's contagious and it's leading to a lot of success. Why do you think that's changed? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a, a fresh slate for everyone, a fresh start. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of guys had a, a lot of negative things going on. And, uh, you know, it's almost like a new season in, in a sense. So I, I think it just gave everyone a chance to, to start fresh and, uh, you know, just go out there and play. Uh, that save you made on Yakubov on the breakaway seemed like the turning point of the game. You know, that could have tied it up for a third time. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we kind of got caught on a, a change there, and they made a nice play and, and sprung him. He's, he's fast with a lot of skill. I just tried to wait on him, and, and he pulled it to his backhand, and luckily I got a good read on him and was able to close him off. Left pad? Left pad, yeah. yeah. There you go, Reed. Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson in the wild dressing room tonight. They beat the Oilers 5-2. Rob Brown here as well, and we have Daryl on the phone line. Daryl, thanks for waiting, man. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. How's it going? I'm doing well. Excellent. I just had a couple shots of Sambuca. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it took me through that game. And I'm just refreshing my underwear in my dressing room. But no doubt, no doubt, Reed, I'm telling you, this reminds me of uh, back in the old days of the Maple Leafs. Where Harold Ballard owned the fucking. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Nice. Yeah, that's one of the words you don't say on the radio, Daryl. Thanks for trying, though. We have uh, Alex as well. Alex, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Yeah. I uh, just really wanted to talk. Uh, me and my friend were at today's game, and uh, I think the Oilers put in quite a performance, uh, especially the first and the second period. Uh, those two power plays, uh, they made some good chances, but uh, I don't know if you guys know a local uh, hockey player, Hap Myers, but uh, he, he once told me that you can't score if you don't hit the net, and honestly, they kind of had quite a bit of chances like that. But uh, I kind of want to talk a bit about, uh, a bit about uh, Neil Yakupov's play today. I mean, you guys brought it up a bunch of times. That I don't mean to be like a broken record and talk about it but uh, like that much more. But, I mean, the guy was unreal. He had a potential hat trick on his stick, one chance where he couldn't lift the puck over the pad of uh, Kemper, and then another like uh, just rang off the crossbar, I believe. But uh, the one issue that somebody brought up about like him not being able, like or the coaches having troubles with it, he did say that, like, the like the one thing that I think is uh, when he was playing with Ralph Kruger, and I think that was his first season, like, he actually had, like, a really good season, and it didn't seem like there was too much issue. I mean, yeah, he was new in the league, and he was still getting used to a bit more of, like, you know, bigger bodies on the defense that was present. But he was doing good. I think he regressed a lot under Dallas Aikens, and uh, he lost a lot of his confidence back then because when Todd Nelson took over last season, like, boy, like, did he ever uh, – come back, especially with Derek Roy. And I even asked Yak what was the biggest change, and he's just saying that he's getting his confidence back. And I think the main issue with Yakubov is just getting his con- like his confidence is probably what's causing him to make like silly plays at times or be like have a little lapse of judgment when he's on the defensive side because he's a bit more impulsed or a little more nervous on the side. But I think the kid just needs to get his confidence back. Well, maybe. I guess the counter-argument uh, for that would be um, why has it taken... 59 games this season. I know I guess he was hurt for some of them, however mm-hmm. he's played. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Aikens era hurt him. Uh, it it hurt a lot of players. It hurt a lot of players. Um, and I, but he was, you know, he, he was really good in junior. This was his 37th game of the season. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, you, and you know what? I think it's just like, sorry to interrupt, but I just think it's, I mean, he was. It was just the regression was going on for so long. I mean, I know, like as a hockey player, you, like this is the biggest league in the world, and I mean, you cannot like use confidence as an excuse to uh, to slide for however, however many games since. But I think like he's been under Aikens for so long that it's kind of uh, he. It, it took him a while, and like Todd, he was starting to make progress with Todd Nelson, and now switch with coaches. And I'm not too sure how well him and McClellan are. I mean. Uh, like McClellan, I think, like if I'm not mistaken, benched him, uh, like benched him maybe a couple of times this season. And I think with Yak, it's 
benching, I think, does the opposite of what it would do with some players. I mean, you can't necessarily, like, with some players, it might send him a message, but with Yak, he kind of, like, loses, he, he takes it maybe a bit personal, and maybe he becomes even more worried. He loses that confidence, you know? Well, I mean, confidence is huge in, in, in any sport, any profession, whether it's the guys in the National Hockey League or, or guys playing in beer league. Confidence is huge. And Yak, you're right, he does not have it. And that's that's part of the problem when he's got the puck on his stick, why it hasn't been as good this year, because his confidence isn't there. But that's not the reason that the coaching staff this year, last year, the year before, uh, had a problem with him. It, it's it's his play away from the puck. It's how, how he thinks the game through. He didn't have to think the game as much in junior because his skill allowed him to be better. At the National Hockey League, there's a lot of guys that can skate faster than him. There's guys bigger and stronger than him. So you have to think more. And that's the problem that Yak is having right now at this level is he just doesn't think the game as well as other guys on the team. And uh, he, he had a great game today. And he needs to bring that energy every night. And one of the things that playing on the line that he had tonight, he played with uh, Letestu and the Pacarainen or Korpakoski. Mm-hmm. When he plays with players of, of, those, of that nature, it takes some pressure off him defensively because those guys are much better defensive players. And then you can protect Yak when he's on the ice because you got guys that are very, very cognizant of their own zone and can cover for mistakes that are made. When you put him in a top six role, he's got to be able to play both ways, and he hasn't proven that he can do that. And I and I hope yeah I hope that Yak gets it going. I hope he plays again like this. But consistency has not been a strength of Yak in his short NHL career. Yakupov's energy is going to be our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Also, our face-off trivia winner tonight, if you could get the name for me, Matthew, knew that Brad Isbister and Rafi Torres came to the Isle- or came to the Oilers from the Islanders in exchange for Yanni Ninema. On March 11, 2003, Rod wins 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. He qualifies for the grand prize draw, a $1,000 gift certificate to Skiers Sports Shop, Edmonton's number one choice for skis and snowboards. Rob, next game is Saturday, 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock puck drop against the Colorado Avalanche. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 9 tomorrow night. I'm not going to put any work into the show. I'm just going to think really positively about it and it'll be good that sarcasm again i can see i can I tell now when be, it's coming I, I would not do that you've got to tell there's a twitch every time you go to sarcasm there's a twitch rob great to work with you buddy look that's forward not to sarcastic Saturday. oh that's, yeah that's, i saw that's the genuine. i saw the twitch again <laughs> matthew panastic our studio producer tonight oilers lose 5-2 to the minnesota wild get more on the oilers page on 630ched.com sid smith the executive producer of terry peranich real estate team overtime open line we've been coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.